Welcome to our podcast here at Hope United Church. To access the live stream of our services, along with other resources and information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk. Well, I'm sure I'm not alone in saying I absolutely loved God's Word this morning. And I I think we we were talking recently, and I, I think when you consider the journey that we've been on as a church and, and, and the errors that we've learned from the past and, and you personally, you know, learning to lead the church and God leading you from that pragmatic place into this place. And when we sat under Corinthians, you're really in your element and it's evident to us that you're in your element because of the journey that God's taken yeah. you on and, and what you've learned. And I just think that comes across when we're sitting under the preaching, the passion, the, the wisdom, the, the experience that comes across. And it just makes me grateful. I'm sure it does for you as well that we could be in another church. We could be led astray. We could be, and it's not to say we're the only church preaching God's word, but it is getting rarer and rarer. And we are so blessed yeah. to be in this place, church. We really are. And I think as well this morning was a great reminder for us. You know, in the run-up to Christmas, there was like, for a few months, we were kind of talking about evangelism and the gospel. And, and this morning was a reminder, just keep preaching that same gospel. Don't, don't be tempted to change yeah. it. So it was a great reminder for us this morning. And um, before we go into our kind of main topic for tonight, the... Um, was there you know, I really don't know a single question you're going to ask me. That's, I know you don't. Sometimes you, know you know do. I mean, I was driving down and I thought I'd just like get a wee taste. Okay. Do you know what I'm going to do? I was just thinking one of these things. I'm just going to go, I don't know. <laughs> just pass it back and just put them right under pressure. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> just, 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 I was actually thinking about trying to know what I'm going to do. So I, I, I don't know. What do you think? Just be, leave it with you. Would it be wrong to say that I sometimes put wee things in brackets just in case you do that? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> just on the off chance. Um, before we go into tonight, I know that you, you said this morning maybe there was there was more there, but is there anything from this morning that you maybe didn't get to that you'd like to mention before we go into stuff tonight? Oh. Or do, do we need to wait until next week? Uh, I'll just steal them. Just next week's message. Put them in the bank. I can't <laughs> remember it, but I've been... Do you know what ended up happening this morning? See, because I get right caught up in... Uh, I write every note I say, but I say a lot more than every note. As you know, right. preachers, they, they, oh, they, I've seen notes, I've seen John MacArthur's notes, it's, oh, I've seen Spurgeon's notes, me and Callum seen Spurgeon's notes, what a mess, <laughs> <laughs> mine's are dead tidy, mine's is like, a, I just fun, and everybody at their own format, so, uh, so there's a lot more I say, and then what happened this morning is, see the stuff about the church and then the modern church and how that intertwines and then how they start preaching <coughs> to the to the unchurched mm. and how the unchurched then becomes the main focus if it's like uh, listen i'm not saying that we should not be trying to win souls here we're not talking about that but when i get caught up in that this morning i was off and and a wee bit i was in the context of what i was saying mm. But because of that, it took up so much time that I had loads of other things. But I think the notes might have been, I never looked at them again. I think they might have been in the same thing, but I just remember, I've just remembered them. Mm-hmm. So I just had to flick through. It's just come out. We were way over time this morning. So people were, I know as hardcore folk are like, no, I only felt like 15 minutes. But see, for some people, they're like, 
You've got to consider that, you know what I mean? Your mind can only last so much, you know what I mean? I and even then it wanders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But So so I can't remember. But I think it would have been in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was something, you know, and just stayed on this morning for a moment. Um, you mentioned the, one of the major things I took from anyway was not changing the message to make people feel like they belong. Yeah. Giving them a kind of worldly... Yeah, you know, that's the stuff that hijacked me this morning in, in a good way. Mm -hmm. No, but, that, but when, see when I, if I'm preparing, listen, I, I always say this, I, I can only share what I bring, you know, I'm not presuming that, that there's, there's no better preachers or teachers out there, I'm not presuming that, I can only share what, what I bring, because mm -hmm. I can only share that, no, I still believe John MacArthur at 83 <laughs> is still the best preacher in the last hundred years. I know. I know we don't put people in position. I think he's better than Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. That's my personal opinion. You know what I mean? But I think he's the best preacher in the last hundred years. I don't think that MD, MD can touch him. Do you know what I mean? So, mm -hmm. and then there's a wealth of other ones and just, but you can only bring what you bring. Anyway, what was I going to say there? I don't know what you were going to say. I know uh, what I was going to say. Uh, what were you going to say? Well, we mentioned about not changing the message. Ah, that's right. Ah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just think that, uh, When I'm, if, I, if I'm preparing stuff, that's what I was going to say, if I'm preparing stuff that there's elements in as I'm preparing, studying different things, I mean, you're still, still, there's just elements that just excite you. Mm -hmm. There's just elements you go, oh, it's just, and then you want to put another couple of layers on because otherwise it becomes a bit plateau. If you're preaching, there's just a plateau and then you hit the plateau and then it's all downhill. No, or it's not going anywhere. So I think it's just trying to hit, hit the peaks if, mm -hmm. if you like, but that's maybe known what we're talking about here but there's just bits in that that just excite me as I'm mm -hmm. preparing and obviously that bit that you mentioned there about uh, preaching to the unchurched yeah, is yeah. just because that my whole mindset in preparing a message and building church in the past was all about that mm -hmm. it was all about how do I get the unchurched to feel churched <laughs> how do I get them to feel comfortable how do I get even how you invite even, even, you can't even invite people to church in a church way anymore. People are going, oh, come to church, it's like church, it's no like church. Mm -hmm. It's like good church, it's different from normal churches. You'll enjoy it, that's how people used to invite. I mean, and, and it, it just kind of loses, and you get so hijacked yeah. by that. And I think this morning, that was really the bit that kind of stuck me, that how the message then changes and how Apostle Paul was really teaching the, the Corinthians to hold fast mm -hmm. to to that teaching that, that saved them. Because if you don't, then the unchurched don't get the message that they got. Mm -hmm. And then it all goes pear-shaped. And they start creating the culture. Oh, I, I honestly, see some of the stuff, I was talking about being embarrassed, see some of the stuff we've done over the years, and I've seen in churches where it's just, it's, it's, it's all about the unsaved folk in the church. Everything becomes about the unsaved people. Thinking that it will save them, but it never does. No. It just never does. Uh, because that isn't how you get saved anyway. Because that would then become my idea and man's wisdom and what I think a human needs mm -hmm. to get saved. Uh, and we, we spend too much time and we exhaust in that. And I think when you understand that and you get a revelation of that and you have a reformation in your church and you go back to understanding Sola Scriptura and understanding that, that, what that does to somebody's life and how it shapes every area of your life, mm -hmm. everything that leads to 
godliness, uh, then that's all you need. Mm -hmm. So the, the, really the only battle is, is just to keep maintaining, preaching the word. Now, that does not mean, and I think some people struggle with this, I think sometimes then you can go a bit heavy-handed. Mm -hmm. You know, that doesn't mean to say that you don't have to watch on how you communicate with people, how you, you know, so see if you say, it doesn't matter, what, doesn't matter, you just keep on preaching the word. See if you've got somebody in your life and they've already told you 1,500 times, please don't talk to me about Jesus, right? Don't get back next week and phone them and go, I'm on the phone to talk to you about Jesus. You'll just lose them forever as a human being, never mind lose them as a, as a possibility to communicate with them again. So that, that, I think that's, that doesn't help people. Mm -hmm. I think it's also disrespectful. So it doesn't mean to say that everywhere you go, you've just got to go, this is the message and I've got... The dead literal. Dead literal. Mm -hmm. Because people are... The more, the more immature people tend to be in their faith, the more literal they are at times. And they go, mm -hmm. right, that's it. I'm going to preach the gospel. Do you know? And I think we need to watch that as we... Mm -hmm. You know, but Paul was talking predominantly believers. Yeah. You know, you don't want to go off and then share another message other than the gospel with people. But at the same note, you don't want to be heavy-handed and just go, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's, you've got to understand that, yeah. so that's, that's it. Okay. Well, Callum was speaking about something after the service, and I, I remember this kind of time. He was heading up the youth at the time, heading up the team that were serving, the, the hundred youth that were in here having a nightclub and all that kind of stuff, but really it's talking horrible. about the... Mm -hmm. I couldn't come near it, because I would have got arrested. <laughs> no, no, I'm serious. I, I end up, I might have to stay away, I'm going to get arrested, because I'll end up killing one of them. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? That's what I felt. I says, I'll probably end up murdering one of them, I'll end up getting arrested. Because, mm. just because of their abuse, and their, their, their disrespect, and their dishonour of the church, and the house. It's not their fault, but I just couldn't go to it, and I was like, I just need to stay away. Yeah. There's a special breed of people that can lead youth. You know what I mean? Because young people, I remember Paul Scanlon, just call his name as it is, Paul Scanlon says there's one thing about young people and teenagers, they, they have an abundance of days, empathy. I nearly fainted, I says, I've never met any of them. I says, I've, I've yet to meet them, I've yet to meet them then. I don't think young people have loads of empathy, I think they've none. I think they're too riddled with selfishness to have empathy for them else. Mm -hmm. I said that to him and he was, obviously there were not a lot of love in that, but... He's obviously not spent any time with a lot of youth to know how much empathy go. I think he must have been based on his three grandkids or something. Because it's certainly no, young people don't have empathy. Young people are too riddled with themselves to have empathy. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's me. That's how I can't deal with youth. <laughs> but you're doing a brilliant job, Andrew. I bless your heart. Absolutely. <laughs> there is a special breed because you've got to put up with Because you can't expect them to behave in certain ways and stuff. Mm -hmm. as, much as, <clears throat> as much as I love young people and spending time and meeting young people and all, all that but. See, you just deal with them on a daily basis when it's coming to the word. I find it you have to you have to have a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. You have to, and that's. It's I know good. it's a fruit of the spirit, but it's just one. It's just a. It's a hard, hard branch for it's me. A far away branch. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what you mean by patience. I mean, I can be patient in certain things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's just some things. I. Yeah. Uh, so what was it, Calm was saying? Well, Calm was saying, Calm was saying, uh, along with the the kind of culture that we were in, we would have people serving. And they'd have hundreds of enthusiasm. And he said it was easy to mistake that enthusiasm. I'm here. I'm excited yeah. about what's happening. Yeah. And you think, well, that means they're committed to Christ. But then you'd lose them along the way. The, and the, it then turns yeah, out yeah. they weren't. Yeah, the enthusiasm is, is, born, is born from the encouragement that they've not yet, they've not received anywhere else, predominantly. Mm. No, so when they're down in the luck or they're feeling unworthy or they're feeling, you know... 
that scripture I keep on coming back to is that woman weighed down with sin so yeah. easily led astray mm -hmm. by flattery. And, and no, I mean men as well, but what happens is, is they, a lot of people then come to church. They come to church, they're predom no predominant. Well, listen, Paul even said it himself, usually no, no people quoted, no people that. I'm not trying to be, mm -hmm. say that they're people... God doesn't save rich, and I'm just saying, usually people that, no, although some of them come and say, well, that, there's nothing wrong with me, but usually people, they're no, they've got they've got problems, they've, they're struggling. They, they, of course they are, because they're searching, because mm -hmm. they can't find any satisfaction in the world, and there's something missing, and there's that deep yearning for something more in people's life, and I think that's wonderful, that was always in my life. Mm -hmm. I had always that deep yearning in my life, I didn't feel... Can he say when I was six, I went like, oh, I'm a nobody. I didn't think like that at six. I was just, I was just always searching and yearning for something. No, looking at the aeroplane as it passes, wondering where it was going and just a wanderer really, mm -hmm. you know. And then when you come to church or what happens is a lot of people come to church and they've got that and they've never, many of them, I'm not saying everybody, they've no, they've no had that encouragement, especially if they're kind of first generation believers. Mm -hmm. They're maybe no brought up in church um, and they've no had that encouragement or that uh, time spent on them and then all of a sudden uh, they become they become the most important person i'll tell you this story this is true i used to go, when i used to go to a, i used to go to a meetings with this guy and he was a long time sober he was about 25 26 years sober now that's 25 26 years sober 25 years ago right so that was a long time you know it's not unusual to see people at 25 years sober 30 years sober and alcoholics and honest now but then to see somebody 25, 30 years sober was much rarer. No, it wouldn't be near as rare. And he used to say this to me, he says he would be going to a meeting and we would, we would travel everywhere and go to meetings. It was my life, you know, and we'd go to meetings and all. I usually didn't want to go to the same meeting twice because you kind of get asked to speak then. And I was obsessed with speaking. You know I mean, that's how messed up I was. No, I mean, don't, let's go to a meeting where we've not been before if they heard me yet. No, so, so honestly, that's what it was. And, uh, this guy, he says to me one time, he says, mind when I get in here, I'm a newcomer. And I'm like, what? He says, I'm a newcomer. He says, people don't give you the same welcome when you're 25 years sober. That's what he said. Yeah. And he's absolutely right. And he's like, watch. He says, watch, they'll be all you like a rash. Right? See, when I first came to AA, I was young in AA. Right? This young guy going to AA. Everybody loved me. <laughs> no, because I, 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 because I could speak. I had a sense of humour and all that stuff. So see, when I was doing tap tables, I was a superstar mode mate. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm tap table material wherever I go, you know what I mean? I'm brilliant. I'm convention man. Do you know what I mean? So there used to be a convention in, in Dumfries Blue Bonnets, it was called, right? Like 20,000 people. I'm like, I'll be up there. I'm, I was, I, yeah, I wasn't right. But I'm like, I'll be up there. That would became my life. Do you know what I mean? But see, the thing is, see, because you're young and enthusiastic, everybody loved you. Mm -hmm. You were great. See, when I started getting well, that's when the, that's when the, the, the wheels come off the bus. Oh, he's forgot his snow, he's sighs, he's forgot sobriety of the day. And it wasn't that I'd get saved and I knew my purpose and things had changed. So the guy said to me, he says, remember, just to let you know, I'm a newcomer here. He says, nobody says hello to me anymore because they know I'm a long time sober. The point I'm making is that's a bit what it's like in church. Mm -hmm. So new people come to church and all of a sudden they got all this attention and they go, and I'm not saying we shouldn't encourage people. I think we try and have a healthy balance here. If people come, we try and be warm and friendly, just genuine. 
I don't think it's about over giving people more time than anybody else. I think it's just being genuine. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think what ends up happening is, and this is where it gets dangerous, you're only something here, <laughs> right? So this is where it gets dangerous. You end up developing a relationship with people beyond their capacity to handle your relationship. Mm -hmm. And this is a dangerous thing. We fell into extreme serious traps. I've taught this to pastors and most of them don't listen. Uh, or the, in the past, and what happens is you develop deeper relationships than their, than their spiritual relationship. So before you know it, you're over embroiled in people's life. Mm -hmm. And then what you start to see is, is you start to see, well, no, there are other stuff going on. There. And then they cannot handle the capacity of that relationship. Yep. You know, but what they did love was the encouragement at the beginning. And that encouragement kind of gives a bit of momentum. No, and then what happens is when that encouragement starts to wane a bit or they're not getting mm -hmm. attention, what tends to happen in church is, see if you ever get into, if you're ever in any church, well, I would say, well, listen, most of these here are members of this church, that's great, but if you're, if you're shot them about, you know, <laughs> never join a church where you go in line and you see 74 40s of people all talking. You know, they churches, no, Betty's talking this week, Betty's daughter's talking the following week. Betty's daughter's granny's then on, and then somebody else's, and everybody's getting a wee shot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See if you come here, nobody's getting a shot. This isn't getting a shot church. This is preaching the word church. Yeah. That's to keep them committed. It's to keep them committed. I'm on next week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm on next week. I'll keep coming. If you heard me yet, and it absolutely destroys people's lives. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is it just fills them with pride and ego. And then they're on next week. Oh, and the end, the immature, what I said this morning, then the immature go, oh, she was brilliant, wasn't she? Mm -hmm. No. No. She was nice. No, it's great. We enjoy our faith. It's good. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this. Paraphrase. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this. There are too many churches sharing too many testimonies instead of preaching the word. Mm -hmm. And it just messes folk. It's not that we don't, we should not be encouraging one another. You hear my point mm -hmm. here. But what it does is it <coughs> propels people into a false sense of security that they don't have. And what ends up happening is they cannot sustain it. They were a big rift. They were a church in Glasgow and they ended up a big rift in that. Listen, Listen, I'm no, I'm no, uh, what's the word? I'm no, I'm no slouch when it comes to media attention. So we get that, but and it, 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 what ended up happening is it ended up kind of the church imploded a bit. But what was happening is, is a lot of young people were coming to the church and they were getting propelled into leadership. Mm -hmm. They were getting propelled into leadership beyond their, beyond their faith capacity. And then when the challenge came for them to stand up and say, where are you with your faith? It didn't exist. So there were no love in the church. They were only after your money and it caused all sorts of trouble. There lies, that's why it's so dangerous. So you're better, it's much easier just to build relationships slowly with people. Let them come, let them, let them develop relationships mm -hmm. as possible. No, and, and don't go over embroiled and don't over encourage beyond beyond sharing the word. Let the word do the encouragement because yeah, yeah. it's the only thing that's going to sustain you anyway. Because see, at the end of the day, you don't want to be encouraged by over-encouraged by a human because they're going to let you do it at one point or another. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I think you mentioned it when we were And I was desperate, sorry. No, shut <laughs> up, I'm not funny. No, <laughs> I was desperate. I, I was desperate. I, I, can I ask any of you to put... No, don't put your hands up. Forget, no, please don't. I'm going to put my hands up for you, right? <laughs> see, when I first get saved, I was desperate. I was desperate for too long to get encouragement for the pastor. 
it was awful. I just needed it and just, I, in fact, I, I was that needy because of my issues and my, my, my jealousy and my insecurity and my, my million and one different problems and rejection and abandonment issues and just neediness. Basically, I could just sum it all up in three, three letters in one word, sin, right? <laughs> just, I was just such a sinner that I needed it. So I, I get even jealous when the pastor was talking to somebody else and I'm like, why talking to them? Talking to them, never talking to me. I was, I was, I was a young man in church, and I was four years sober, and I mm -hmm. knew all the program. I was, I, I was taking people through programs in AA, and I couldn't cope with my pastor talking to somebody else <laughs> because I, 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 I became so obsessed with encouragement for man, and it's a dangerous, dangerous thing, dangerous, dangerous place to to get caught up in. So you don't want to be, you want to be encouraging and loving and caring mm -hmm. and, and real and authentic. But you don't want people to depend on encouragement for you. And sometimes that takes time. There's also a maturing in that where you don't mm -hmm. get that, you know. Uh, so I'm sure some of them that were saying in Corinthians, we like Paul better. Probably didn't like Paul much better. They just they just wanted to pick pick somebody to be on their side, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think that's what starts happening when you teach a man-made gospel. You're 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 getting people to trust on them. So people start cutting about like Stephen Furtick. Or they start dressing or acting like the minister or mm -hmm. all that stuff. and oh, it's, Because they're, they're, they're basically a, a human being with no identity. And you're giving them a Christian identity that's not yet in Christ. Yep. And you usually lavish them in gifts and you know, honour them, give them stuff, name drop. Mm -hmm. I'm always alarmed with that. I, I try and avoid that. I maybe see it from time to time. You know, you've been in church and... The pastor's a name dropper, and they're always sharing, mentioning somebody's name for the congregation. And I was, oh, you just think, oh, that's hard, that's, because it's all false encouragement. Yeah, you quoted, I think it was Thomas Boston, we were speaking about this after the service. It was in one of the prayer meetings, and he says that we've got a duty to watch over new converts when they go to the Lord's table, in Aye. case they're not where they, where they should Tom, be. Thomas Boston, and his writing was, was, taught his congregation that it was their obligation to watch the behaviour of a young convert to see if it wasn't just enthusiasm. Wow. <laughs> because if it was just enthusiasm, it was no helpful. Mm -hmm. We want to see if that, there's real salvation there and there's real change. And it's not just, it's not just um, false encouragement. If they're young people and maybe God's calling them to the ministry or something as well, there's also a danger there mm -hmm. because what ends up happening is as young people then maybe get to share a bit of testimony or share a bit of scripture or something like that, which is wonderful. The problem is with that is if you're not really careful is, is they, they end up becoming a bad listener to everybody else. Because like me and Alcoholics Anonymous, I couldn't listen to anybody speaking at that table because I was too busy waiting on me. Mm -hmm. Horrible. Just because of where I live my life. You don't want that in your church. No. And that's what we had. And people would come and go. And you think you can lavish them in your encouragement and it would, it would sustain them. What you're trying to do really is get people not to leave. That's, that's really what you're trying to do. You're trying to get them to stay. Mm -hmm. And because they're no saved, or predominantly no saved, and very worldly, the only way they're going to stay is with encouragement. But eventually you're going to miss the encouragement and they're going to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. And do you know what they're going to say when they leave? Not enough love in that church. No. 
There you go. Which is what they were there for. Which they were there for in the first place. Mm -hmm. It's maybe not what they came through the door for, but it's certainly what you gave them when they came. Yeah. Yep. It's not like when you come through the doors and you're new here, like, let's give nobody any love whatsoever. <laughs> it's not that, but it's, you have to be wise in how you go about it. And I think predominantly the seeker-friendly church goes about it in a, yeah. a really, really damaging way. I think that's great advice for us because we're all responsible when a new person comes through the door. We're all here. Or not just, in, not just walk through the doors of church. Mm -hmm. How you deal with them in life. Mm -hmm. No, people in your workplace, them you're evangelising, they family, mm -hmm. different stuff. You want to... You've just got to watch that, that you don't just become this, this over-encourager. I've seen pastors, it's, it's, it's exhausting. That, the, the truth is, it's absolutely exhausting. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you, you feel as if, if you're no encouraging them and then you start taking responsible. Listen, if I had to ask you this, just, this, this is rhetorical, does any of you feel responsible for people's bad moods? Right, okay, that's a lot of you, is it? You start and then you think you need to make people happy. What happens when that's in church? And you feel that they're not happy, we better change the message to suit. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And really what they're doing is, is they're actually telling you what they want as well in their flesh. And then you just start feeding them and start giving them what they want. Mm -hmm. It's like, it, it, it is exhausting. And eventually something usually cracks. If you're, a, if you're a true believer, it cracks. Because eventually you know you're being violated. You're like, I keep on selling myself short here. Mm -hmm. Because I keep on having to please people. And it's down the line you, you think... There should have been a conversation earlier, or that could have been done differently. Honest conversations or... earlier, mm -hmm. boundaries earlier, stuff put in place earlier. And we've made loads of mistakes with that in church, you know. That, and what happens is, is people get too far in. I've seen it in church. You, so you've, you've almost get people almost, in the modern church, you've almost get people so far in the middle of the bed. They're almost eldership material and you don't even know if they're a believer yet. <laughs> It's that bad. That's the craziness. That's the craziness here. <laughs> and then the wee woman, so then you've got somebody in and she likes baking. So she's now in the kitchen. She's now, she can't cope when anybody else bakes. When anybody else bakes, she's ready to have a heart attack. Do you know what I mean? You're like, now we've got bake gate. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Now we've got a foot here. So seriously, that's what it becomes. Mm -hmm. Like, what's happening? Don't ask her to dare. And how do we know ask her to dare? And her identity's in baking. Or her identity's in, her identity's in this. Or his identity. Mm -hmm. Don't. We were in a church, me and James, and there were a guy on the guitar, and he was staying his own thing one night. Just doing his own thing. He went, he went half and one. He thought he was following God. I don't know. He turned up two weeks later with a karate suit on, so we know he wasn't doing anything with God that night. Right? Yeah, I'm not joking. Two weeks later, he had a karate suit on and his medals on his shows. But that night, he decided he was going to get off on one. Remember that? Doing a Led Zeppelin thing on the guitar. Well, what is that? And, and this is with the pastor. And I, I, I would be, I was a young believer, but it irked me because I knew it was abusive. To the guy. And I says, you're no helping him here. You're no helping him here. I says, you're no, you're no helping Jimi Hendrix in the corner here. He's just, he's going off in one. I know, but we're just encouraging him. I says, you're no encouraging him. You're encouraging him. You're encouraging him in other ways. Yep. And that's what ends up happening. Oh, give him a wee shot. Give him a wee shot. Give him a mic. Mm -hmm. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so unhelpful. No. Because what happens next? There used to be a guy in the last church I was in and he always, he, he, I seen me in him, I, I definitely did, he was a lot older than me, but any time he didn't get attention he was planning on leaving the church, <laughs> honestly that was every time, any time he never got attention he was, he was, he was contemplating moving on, you know what I mean, uh, 
He's always rapping it, I'm rapping it. <laughs> no, he didn't need to rap, but he was rapping it, I'm rapping it, I'm packing it in. And he was always packing it in. So what happened is, this, happened, this went on for years, I'm fucking up here. So what would happen is, is any time he felt that, uh, the pastor then seen it as his duty, we need to give him something to do, to feel committed, to feel loved. And then the guy would be like, right, I really want to start this ministry. He was leaving because somebody didn't look at him the right way last week. But now he's going to do a ministry and he'd got him present it. I'm starting this new ministry and that would encourage him for about three days. And I remember saying to the pastor at the time, I says, this is no help anybody here. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong, I had main issues going on because I was wanting my ministry. So I'd, I mean, it was a zoo. I mean, he had to manage me like I'm better than him. So mm -hmm. I was a madman and all. No, but, but I knew what he was doing wasn't he right, and mines would have eventually been alright. <laughs> That's how bad it was. You, know, you better just saying, just everybody sit down and shut up and let the preacher preach, eh? And let's just go on with it. It's much better. And, you know, and all these things we're talking about is what happens when the word's not building the church. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And man, mm -hmm. that was worth admission money a lot. I'm just reliving all that madness. <laughs> it's, it's really crazy. Thin Lizzie going on, isn't it? Oh my <laughs> goodness. Oh my goodness. So the last thing a guitar player needs is... So well, I've, I've, met, I've met a lot of worship folk. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all a wee bit needy. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? To be honest with you. I can second that. Uh, they're all a wee bit needy, you know. We used to have people been in the worship and that. They're simply... So see when somebody else was singing a song, well, I want to sabotage it. I'm not the main star of the show here, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sabotage it. So you'd have somebody sitting like, you're a better singer than that. No, not that man, I can't. Why don't you make the main singer look bad? Because they're not the star of the show. And then they'd go up and sing like Flippin' Adele. Do uh, you know what? You can all sit down. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, on the name of encouragement. See if MD's listening in that. Like, I don't know if I want to go there. It's a bad <laughs> That tells you how far it was, you know, mm -hmm. and see the thing is, we're getting into the nitty gritty there, but that's exactly what it was like, and that's exactly what many, many churches are like today. Yeah, and you don't realise if you end landing a new church that people are looking for a church, they don't know that that's us going on, but I think there's something to be said for godly order. There's a godly order that we have here because the words building things, well, because of the lessons uh, of the past. Elders are there to watch over your souls, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, and it's the, the problem is, is the Predominantly, them are preaching they're illiterate. Mm -hmm. They're illiterate. Yeah. They're illiterate in the word. Uh, and then that's it's just the snowball effect is devastating. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe as we move on tonight, I know you mentioned it briefly this morning. Here, here. Mm -hmm. let me just let me just say this. This is what ends up happening, right? Everybody in the congregation is wondering where they're fit. What's my gift? Yeah. This is what ends up happening, isn't it? <coughs> Wonder where my gift is, because he's thin Lizzie. She bakes scones, right? Where's my gift? And you end up like that, and everybody's looking for their gift in the church. I wonder where I fit. I, I don't know where I fit. Am I an entrepreneur? Am I this? Where, where do I fit there? That's what ends up becoming. Uh, and Apostle Paul and he's teaching throughout, Christ and he's teaching throughout, all the apostles and the teaching out, Old and New Testament teaching mm -hmm. throughout is, it's not about who you are, it's all we're one in Christ. <laughs> yep. So therefore there goes, there, there goes Thin Lizzie. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or whoever. I mean, we're all one in Christ, and yes, we do bring, we have we have got different gifts and talents, and that's fine, but they don't really mean anything. You know, if I think he Fraser and what he used to do with worship, you know, and his stuff and all the pressure, and he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't really care, I just need to make sure that, we're, that the songs are biblically accurate and yeah. make sure I'm bringing them, and that, that's it. Mm -hmm. 
I don't mean that. Sir. I know you have to no, practice. No, well, it, I know you need to practice every week. Compared to the past of thinking that... That you were responsible for people's faces? Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Look, they're not happy. They're mm -hmm. not happy. They're not putting their horns up. They're not going for it. They've not seen MD with a victory lap yet. There's nobody prophetically painting a lion in the mm -hmm. corner. Do you know it, what I mean? It was a good night when somebody... You know, that's what you say. That's my gift. Because they didn't have anything else. They didn't have anything else. They have nothing else that's needed in the church other than turning up and serving and loving folks. So you need to fund some for them. Mm -hmm. So they've got their brilliant with stencils. Right, let's get their stencil in here. That's what ends up happening. You're good at stencils. <laughs> stencil person. God's give you the gift of stenciling. Mm -hmm. They're laughing because they know it's as it happens. Because that's what you're thinking. I don't know what my gift is. I think I've, I, I've missed it. I've missed it. And then because people are discouraged, then you end up saying, no, I'm telling you, you're anointed. There's a special gift in you. Let's find it. Mm -hmm. It's just there. But it's just, just there, and then you find out they can use an ink marker well. That's what it is, it's ink marking. Mm -hmm. Anyway, better move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, just maybe br briefly touch on this, because you did mention it this morning, but we're planning to look at uh, Faithful Men on Sunday evenings. Brilliant. And we, we had a great conversation, uh, the elders and, and yourself. Um, that was yesterday, actually. Yeah. And we were looking at kind of things and, and, and maybe some of the reasons why have we decided to do that rather than maybe like a standalone. Uh, message, well, one sure. of the things, is, as I said it this morning, as I said, because we're so steeped in mm -hmm. Corinthians and you don't want something to sabotage that. You, you, no, no, you, don't want, you don't want to be taking people through a marathon and get them to do an Ironman. Mm. No, I mean, let's jump off. Let's jump off the endurance run that's nearly killed us and jump onto the bike and do another seventy-five mile. So I feel as if I'm thinking me after a Sunday morning. For me, I don't know that I'm ready to get back through something else that's too far away. Mm -hmm. That's just me, you no. Know, and, and so I was talking. You were mentioning something yeah. about worship and bringing that, and I said, "This is what I said." Just being transparent here. I says, I get that, what you're saying. I says, but I, I can only say for me, I'm not saying teaching people in worship is not important. I think it is. I'm not saying it's something that shouldn't teach people. I says, but for me to teach people that, it needs time and it needs, we need to delve into it a bit more. And I think we need to hit that when it's time to hit it that we did with communion. I says, I don't know that people, I, well, I'm talking for me predominantly first and then I'm thinking of the congregation, I'm thinking, I don't know that people are ready to saturate themselves in a new thought or a new concept or a new thing. They're still trying to dissect getting hammered this morning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sort of thing. So what we want to do is, is do stuff that, 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 that doesn't detract from that. Mm -hmm. No, you want to keep the fire burning. You want to keep the coals burning. You want to keep the, the memory of what you're learning alive. Sometimes then you put something else on and it weakens what you've learned. So that's why, you know, as we spoke, we thought, well, what we're better doing is doing something that's not going to weaken that. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not something that you go, oh, well, no, look, like we did with the Book of James, it didn't help. So doing like messages that's on faithful men is different enough mm -hmm. to know, affect what we're trying to teach regularly yeah. and what we're where the Holy Spirit's leading as a church. But at the same note, it's, it's, it's equipment enough that it's no going, oh, because Sunday nights can be a bit different, you know what I mean? And it's mm -hmm. 
we're learning about people and drawing for their faith, but we're not just going to share about Puritan stuff and stuff. For instance, Andrew has been working on, Andrew's going to share about faithful men during the war, because that's the stuff he's passionate about. Mm. So he's going to be sharing about ministers during the war and how they ministered to people well in prison and well, uh, well they were in camps and different stuff. If Yankee Bonhoeffer, for instance, mm. no, Bonhoeffer was an amazing German pastor who died in the concentration camps. If you've ever read his life, it's astounding. And Bonhoeffer left, oh, I don't want to get any Bonhoeffer here, <laughs> but Bonhoeffer left his family home. He left Germany quite early, he was a young minister, and he left Germany early. His family seen the danger of the Nazi party, and he seen, they seen where it was going. Many people didn't see it because it was a drip drip effect. Uh, and they seen it, and they got the family out, and he went back to America, he went to America. And then as the war, get worse and as the news started getting that they were murdering Jews and people. Bonhoeffer says, and I'll paraphrase what he says, Bonhoeffer says, I can't preach the word here when my people are dying over there. Yeah. And consciously stand on the platform and preach about freedom in Christ and the goodness of Christ. Well, I'm doing nothing about the people there. So what he did is he went back to Germany, he got arrested and he ended up in the concentration camp in Auschwitz preaching the gospel to them who were getting killed. Now, see, the thing is, see, for me, that's encouraging. And it's different enough. Yeah. So there's that. And then different people. So that's what, so it might not just be sharing a biography of their life. It might just be sharing a portion of their life. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll keep it different enough. Absolutely. So that we're, it's layer upon layer upon layer, precept upon precept. And you're not taking a teaching that's taking away a teaching. Yeah. Dead encouraging. I think when you read something like Cloud of Witnesses and you hear about faithful men, it just it's an encouragement to your faith. I, I, I think it helps, I, I love visiting martyrs' graves and mm. touching that stuff and seeing that stuff because it, it helps It helps keep my spirit, you're, you're, you know you're not alone, you've got these saints <laughs> who have went before you and I, I just think it's, you remember who you are and your purpose because we're living in, we're living in a modern world and it's so easy in church to forget our, our forefathers and our ancestors and the men who went before us. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that helps that and it helps you remember that. And also, some of them are phenomenal theologians as well. Mm -hmm. Just just phenomenal theologians, these men. So, And they were real pioneers and stuff. And let's face it, you wouldn't have heard of them if somebody never wrote about them. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that the majority of these men were doing extraordinary things, by the way. They were no like Danix. No, no, everybody was Charles Haddon Spurgeon with 10,000 people in his church. That was very, very rare. Uh, incidentally, I seen a post the other day and the, the guy said this, some pragmatic guy, and he said this. He says, the problem with some preachers is, is you need to smile more. You're not smiling enough when you're preaching. So I sent a message to him and I says to him, I says, would that go for the Prince of Preachers, Charles Hatton Spurgeon? I says, there was no projector. He had a big heavy beard. I says, there were 10,000 people in his church and nobody could see his face. Tell me how he went about smiling and that made a difference to the church. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. What difference does that make? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you have to be miserable. <laughs> yeah, but, that, but, but these men just done amazing things, so that's what we thought about. That's why we're... I think that's going to be a great blessing to us. Uh, what I, I loved about our conversation yesterday, it was it's not just, well, let's do that, that'll be good. It was a real conversation of, well, wait a minute, is that going to be beneficial for the congregation? Well, exactly, it's going to be. That's yeah. what, what we're thinking. Oh, no, we're wonderful. But, but we're on this together. And I think, see, before I even... Uh, uh, my main process of deciding stuff or thinking about stuff is no, my main process is I wonder what they want. 
My main process is I need to process how I deal with stuff. Mm. And then I go, I wouldn't be able to cope with that. And usually when you start, that's your starting point. Because what ends up happening is, is somebody can do a standalone message. Like Fraser could bring a worship message. He's having a wonderful time. <laughs> he's having a whale of time because he's right in it. Or all that. Uh, what was that this morning again? And what was so you lose it, you know. So you need to consider mm -hmm. where people are at. Yeah. And I think I think it will help us for a season anyway. And then we've got some ideas for other stuff, it's different things. You know what I mean? Bringing in. He's eighty-three. Jinky would have won me a trip to Scotland. Oh, I wish you would. I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> He's allowed to come to Scotland, but we're not allowed to go to America. So. <laughs> There you go. Just leave that there. We'll leave that there. Leave that there. Well, there was something that you, you spoke to us as elders about, and we thought at the time, we actually note that down because this that'll be really beneficial for the church. Um, and it was about wrestling with God, yeah. wrestling with things. And so, what, what, what do we mean when it comes to wrestling? Well, when we were talking about this a few days ago, mm -hmm. um, last week, whenever it was. It's back to what I, similar what I said this morning is, is that we don't spend any time, so we don't capture our thoughts. So you just go with stuff and there's no wrestling going on in your life. Uh, you're not really wrestling. What's the right thing to do there? Taking the thoughts captive. So, And I, I, I think we give in too quick. We can say it's a Christian idea. And I think we give in too quick. I was talking to a couple of the guys and I, and I was asking them their process of why they came to that decision. And I says, how much time did you spend thinking about that? Mm. And he says, never spent any time thinking about it. We've just done it. And I says, but you have to wrestle with God in these things. There has to be a wrestle with God about why you do things, what makes you say things, what makes you make the decisions. Especially when it comes to family and things, because it's much easier to just say yes. Mm -hmm. Rather than wrestling with, I'm struggling to say no. <laughs> do you get what I mean? I don't know about you, a lot of the wrestles in my life is the battle to say no. Mm -hmm. So you have to spend time wrestling and, and so, that, so that you understand God's will. Probably the best way to explain this would be Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm -hmm. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane was wrestling. Because he knows that what's coming, the Father's about to separate from him. And Jesus can't he draw, as we know, Jesus can't draw from any heavenly deity. Okay, because then he's... Jesus can't draw from the power of heaven in his heavenly triune uh, holiness while he's facing uh, separation from God and carrying the sins of man. He cannot do that. He has to face the wrath of God fully. As a man. As a man. So that he can be our atonement. Hmm. So he can't face it as a heavenly being. It's not that Jesus is on the cross and go, I don't really feel anything because I'm God. <laughs> he can't draw from that. So there has to be that separation for God. And in the garden, Jesus is coming to the end of his life. Everything's been done. He's, he's fulfilled he's, he's the commandment. He's, he's fulfilled his commission. Mm -hmm. He's done everything that the Lord has, has said and what he's came to do. And it's all been fulfilled. And here he is in the garden just before he's been arrested for his final... This is on the, the, the Friday. This is on the late Thursday evening before Friday then... Or, or aye, before the Friday, before he's, he's crucified. Mm -hmm. And these 12 hours, these horrendous hours. And he's in the garden and he's wrestling with God. 
He's wrestling like, why is this need to happen? If only at all possible, if it's at all possible for this to be removed from me. But nevertheless, my will, not thine, my will be done. And then he goes back into the garden and he's asked the disciples to pray. Now he's struggling with humans because he's going, do you know even care about me? <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. like, you ever in that battle your life and you think nobody cares about you at that moment? Like, do selfies, you don't even care. He's a phone asleep and I'm struggling. You know what I mean? He's got that, you know. And, but he's wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he's wrestling to settle the will of God for his life to make sure that he knows, regardless of how he feels, regardless of his emotions, regardless of his struggles, his battles, thy will be done. And eventually as he goes through, back and forward with prayer, and this has gone on for hours and hours, he's back and forward, then he eventually, after the wrestle, he says, no my will not mine, thy will be done. And he stands up and he goes to the disciples and says, Arise, because the Son of Man is about, about to be betrayed. And then he goes in, or he's about to be arrested. And then he goes up and then they head into the garden. And then Judas comes with the soldiers and they arrest him. And it's that wrestling. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe we spend enough time in that wrestling to make decisions. But, you know, and I think what ends up happening is it's then areas of your life you go, how much wrestling have you done in that area? And you go, I've not done any wrestling. I've just went with, I've just went through the motions. I've just, I've just simply put one foot in front of the other and made a decision there. Whether you're evangelising with somebody, whether it's in a workplace, whether it's your desires, whether it's buying something, selling something. We, we don't wrestle enough. And I think we ought to wrestle a bit more. So what's going on? What, what is the wrestle really trying to achieve We're trying to us. achieve that you're doing the right thing mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as the, the your thoughts are lining up with god's word if mm -hmm. i don't do that i'll just go well that's a good idea you ever made a howler and you just go i wish i have if i just spent more time thinking about that i wouldn't have done that all the time all the time mm -hmm. well it's all the time then it's all the time <laughs> it's the nature that you like i wish i'd just never done that or you do something you go what was i thinking the issue is you weren't thinking anything you never took any time to think you just done it and eventually you go, oh, I didn't even think, I didn't even take enough time to think, I just went. No, it didn't necessarily feel bad. And here's the problem, we're, we're wrestling it. We usually only then get into wrestling when we're in horrendous and we're feeling terrible. But what about wrestling just with everything? You know, like, no, I just decided that it was a good idea. And then sometimes I'm talking to people and they'll go, I can't believe you made that decision. I, I, sometimes I say that to people if I'm mm -hmm. talking to them like, where was your head when you decided that, that you thought that was a good idea? You're like, I don't know, just glad he think. Just... Did, didn't he think of the consequences? Didn't he think of the situation? Mm -hmm. Didn't he think of what the outcome could be? Didn't he think of the person and what you were saying yes to? Just, just went with it. And it's the areas of your life that I think that, I think is in this for early, right at the start of the year, is that we that we wrestle more. Mm -hmm. We wrestle more with choices and decisions and reactions. Uh, and and when you wrestle you, you when you wrestle you find who you are in the situation. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily it's like Richard Sibbs says when we were talking in the prayer meeting and we'll talk again on Tuesday again about that second part when it says about David, David God said seek my face and David said my heart said I will seek your face. Mm -hmm. And it's not just always looking for answers or conclusions. It's just getting into that place where you're in communion with God. And then you go, well, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. Let's face it, we would all make a lot better decisions if we spent a wee bit more time wrestling with it. And wrestling with our flesh and saying, 
What make, what's making you make that decision? You know, you're not even giving yourself enough time for your, for, for your flesh to tell you that it's no right. <laughs> you don't even give yourself enough time for your flesh to go, that was a bad idea. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I don't even give myself enough time to, for my flesh to even give me an answer. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Freeze. No, 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 do you know what I mean? It, you've not even gave yourself enough time. You've not come to a point where you actually understand what's going on in you. Well, no, you've no because you've, all, you've, you've shallowed it away a meaningless thing. Mm -hmm. And there's no such a thing as a believer as a meaningless decision. Everything, everything is, a as I said, we're not talking about cheese and onion sandwich here, mm -hmm. right? but we're talking about decisions in life and we just make the decisions and we just don't live, delib we don't live deliberately enough. So why, what causes us to avoid that wrestling process? I, I don't know necessarily think it's avoiding, I just think mm -hmm. it's we just don't live deliberately enough. We just mm -hmm. put one foot in front of the other and just say, well, I'm a believer and I just live my life. And you go, what were you thinking there? And you go, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what do you think at all? Well, you pop on a string, what were you thinking about it? What made you do that? That's a and it's after, in retrospect, you look at it and you go, oh, what a decision that was. But at the time, you don't think it's a bad decision because you don't see the, 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 the momentum, the momentum of the decisions no yet developed. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? The momentum, the momentum of the decisions no yet developed. So the decision's still in its infancy. So the, 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 nothing's hot the fan yet. Mm -hmm. But it's in the post. But you didn't know it was going to be in the post because you didn't spend any time thinking about it and then you go after it and you go like, ah, oh, that was a clever decision there, wasn't it? It's the things. Mm -hmm. And it's wrestling even in the, the simple things. You know, it's like Jacob wrestled with God and he says, I'm not going to leave you until yeah. still you speak to me until I hear an answer. Mm -hmm. And he left with a limp. I, I know, maybe speaking for myself, I am speaking for myself. Aye, let's speak There's for yourself. Maybe... <laughs> You've brought truth to me, or somebody's brought truth to me, and I think, but I, I didn't mean that decision in a bad way. I, but that doesn't stop the consequences. No, that doesn't no, doesn't no. help. No, I, I spent all my wages on a horse, mm -hmm. but I just done it because I was just I, I was just having a bit of fun. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter with any money left. It really does. <laughs> it doesn't matter what went out the starting blocks. That the the the, the, the result stole the result, or 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 you don't take heed to the warning, so you go. Listen, that could end up pear-shaped there. Mm. You know, and, that, and this is why we should listen to wise instruction. No, no, because sometimes wise instruction sometimes sees where it'll end up before you see where it'll end up. Yeah. And you, but at the time you think it's a nothing thing, you go, I come all right with that. You know what I mean? It's, nah, it's no problem with me. And then you just go and date and you just go, ah, oh, that's going to end up a nightmare. No, I, I don't know how many times over the years that I've said to somebody, I says, I want to do that. No, and I'm not trying to tell people what to do. I'm just like, maybe you need to consider that. There's a... And they go, ah, oh, right, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. You know it's no going in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, nothing, nothing. Don't tell me what to do. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like that. But it's not even a case you don't tell me what to do. Thanks, I appreciate that. Appreciate the advice, nothing. No, the lights are on, but nobody's in. Nobody, they're not listening. And then two weeks later, you just see some, you go, how's it going? <sighs> Terrible. <laughs> what happened? I didn't listen. So we should have went and wrestled with that, what we say is, you should have. No. Sometimes you need to wrestle with stuff until it does bother you. Mm -hmm. no. 
Sometimes the battle in life is no, the, the, the battle in life isn't that things bother you. The battle is, is that it doesn't bother you enough. Well, that was one of the, the questions. Good. Is, when, when, <laughs> when, when do we know when we've wrestled enough or when we should, what does a healthy wrestle look like? What are the outcomes of it? What, what are the signs we might not have wrestled enough? What's the signs that you've no wrestled enough? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe you've no learned. Mm -hmm. Listen, you have to understand what we're talking about here. You end up a basket case, like, I can't do anything. <laughs> can you leave through this? You know, you can't go in the morning and you're like, what is that? I'm not leaving. But Pastor Mark says, I need to wrestle first. <laughs> <laughs> what is it you're wrestling with that roundabout? <laughs> wrestling with that roundabout, whether they decide to leave or not. Don't know, I'm not ready. Alright, look, you're coming to work today, no yet. How it's up? Can he decide? Blue soaks or black soaks? <laughs> Do you get what I mean? You, you, you end up doing nothing. Right, but we're talking about wrestling, mate. We're talking about we're talking about in life and choices mm -hmm. and decisions. And probably areas of your life where you know you're predominantly weak in. Yep. So and where, where that'll come to relationships, where you've got a desire for a result. No, a, a good example would be an unsaved family member. That would be a great example. A great example would be an unsaved family member. That's an, that should be an ongoing wrestle. Mm -hmm. That's no, that is just a wrestling match. That is WW, that is whatever that nonsense is Hulk called. Hogan. That's Hulk Hogan on steroids all the time. <laughs> Except it's real. <laughs> How can people watch that? It's not real. I've never understood that. Oh, he's just scalped the table right off his head and that. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. So and so's fighting, he's the world champion. Somebody must have decided that because it's not real. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so y you're in that wrestle all the time. Because you know that's a weak spot. You know you've got a vulnerability there. You know you've got a struggle there. So therefore, they're the things that you should really no no make quick decisions on you should maybe start getting worried if you know that area is the case when you, you some people should come into your life and right away you should be like ah, this is a wrestle i need to wrestle here as soon as they're even 50 yards away from you you should be like i really need to go and wrestle here mm -hmm. because they are a wrestling match this person or a feeling or an emotion nor you feel jealous or rejected or you feel a bit unloved right away you need to go i need to go to my closet i need to go and wrestle here i need to go and deal with this this is a weak spot for me i'm going to sell myself a bad idea very very quickly here mm -hmm. and it, i think it's in the moments that, that you wrestle often a desire for people to be better than what they are as well makes you no wrestle enough so therefore you you get encouraged too much or you want to include them too much mm -hmm. and you end up wrestling the problem is with that is and when we were talking about this is is it filters into them you're leading as well because they just then emulate your you want to teach them that you're leading to be able to say no as well mm -hmm. do you know what i mean no it's alicia i know i mentioned alicia a lot alicia's just amazing on her journey with faith no in all intents purposes no, she put, uh, Alicia and Rachel in the second row here are very alike, okay, they're very alike, because mm -hmm. they love to say yes, <laughs> okay, they love to say yes, and that's okay, but, but, but see, you really strengthen their faith, they need to learn to say no as well, mm -hmm. and it's harder to say no, because there's more wrestling in saying no, so there has to be mere effort there, 
But see, Felicia's not running about people a lot that's saying no. It doesn't help. Yeah. So you have to be in that wrestle all the time yeah. as well. I'm sorry, I don't mean to point you there. I know, no, I'm not trying to say that discourage in any way, but no, when you've got that personality that's quite bubbly and friendly, everything's yes. When it, when it, when it should be no. Some of are all no and it should be yes as well. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Yep. Well, another thing, an offshoot that came out of that conversation was when we're talking about thinking about our church life, it's maybe easy to come to church and keep that bit looking shiny. I'm turning up in my suit and I'm in my flowery dress, whatever it is. And while other things can kind of go under the radar, you mentioned that a bit this morning, but it's how can we wrestle to make sure we're not just keeping our church life shiny? But yeah, yeah. I, 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 can, I, can I just say we tend not to have that problem in this church? No, I mean, people really, we tend not to have that. Mm -hmm. we, we wear our heart on our sleeve a lot here. I'm not trying to brag about that. We wear our heart on our sleeve. No, there's no many people in this church who's no all right, pretends to be all right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's, the relationships are more meaningful than that. So I'm grateful that we tend not to have that. And that's a real blessing. Mm -hmm. There's a real vulnerability in that. Yeah, yeah. No, there's, it's a, that, that comes with building relationships. One of the things I said when I, I took a photo of the guy sitting yesterday, yeah. And I says, look, we've got one heart and one mind and one spirit and we're, we don't always agree, but we're, we're working through things. Uh, and I says, let's, let's not presume that that happens easily. Mm -hmm. It takes time and tears and blood yeah, and sweat yeah. and disagreements and, and honesty and vulnerability and arguments <laughs> at times and, and all sorts to get to that place. So uh, I think predominantly, no, there are people at different stages of their journey. But it's, it's, it's very, really hard to be part of this church and live a shallow life. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how you would do it. I don't know, I don't know how you would do it. I think it would be very difficult. So we're in a, 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 mm -hmm. a wonderful position where, because we hold each other accountable for our life. Mm -hmm. Communion's very serious. So where you're having to look intently in the mirror. No, we're having to capture thoughts, we're having to deal with stuff. It's, it's part of your DNA and, and culture, so it's much less easy. I think in a much bigger church, it's easier to hide. Mm -hmm. Is it maybe more of a the kind of bigger reformed churches and third, fourth generations that more well, susceptible? I think, if you're no, I think in churches, if you're not preaching the word accurately and you're mm -hmm. preaching a shallow message, it's much easier for people to hide. And then you're getting Betty up and... Betty's daughter up and Betty's granny up to talk. It's much easier to just give in and go, There's not, I'm okay. Like, mm -hmm. like I mentioned, like in, in, in parts of Scotland and the North East, that people can just come to church, they've clocked their card, they're okay and they leave. And predominantly because they don't have leaders who will hold them accountable. How's your, how's your life? Mm -hmm. Nobody's nosy enough. Nobody's nosy enough. You know what I mean? Except in your own life, in your life, but they don't really allow people into their life. Mm -hmm. So that's, they've, and they've all got opinions. So nobody gets challenged. And in a lot of churches, spiritual snobbery happens when you start getting everybody sitting deciding what they like and they've all got opinions. It's all gossip. And it's all cliquey. If that happened in here, we would have a word with people. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't be going like, what are you up to? <laughs> you know what I mean? We would be having an honest conversation and saying, look, this is what we're... No, it would be way upstream. And you'd be saying, look, this is what we've observed. Seems to be you've got a critical... You seem to be a bit critical. You've got a critical spirit. You seem to be that. Or that's going on in your life. Is Can we chat about that? Can we have a conversation about that? So it stops that criticalness. I remember a wee while ago, a couple of folk were asking, listen, there's no big deal here. We're asking, 
What do you do if you go on with some people and don't go on with some people? I says, go and wrestle with why you're not going on with some people. Mm, you need to get on with everyone. Aye. <laughs> you need to go on with everybody, but no, everybody's going to be your best pal. But yes, you need to go on with... They're mm -hmm. your brothers and sisters in Christ. What happens if some people are going on with and some people are don't with? What do you do about that? I won't deal with it. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do? I won't deal with them. <laughs> I won't deal with them and get them to be better with me. No, I won't deal with you. Mm -hmm. And so see the thing is we would hold people accountable about that and a church should hold people accountable about that. Communion should hold you accountable about that. You shouldn't be taking communion if you've got that going on in your heart and if communion's taught right. So that would be my yeah. that would be my answer and for I that. I think for us as elders, one thing that we've unanimously agreed that we want to get better at is is having those honest conversations oh. with people and watching over people. So you're a great example for us because I, your pastoral but, heart. But just see the does thing that. is, it's that crano, it's that resolving mm -hmm. to know nothing except Christ and I'm crucified. You know, you the more the more you get to know people, right, and you start to see that they're saying things that's not really true. Okay, so you're, they're telling you things. You're just going, you're box sitting here, mm -hmm. and you just go. I'm going to have to have an honest conversation at some point here, you know, and it's, you have to love people enough to tell them the truth, but, mm -hmm. but you also do it in a, a loving, caring, supportive yeah. way. And I think truth always is more loving and supportive if you're on the journey with people through that. Now, also, if people are newer, you don't want to have that conversation too early. Because like what you said at the start. Because their capacity mm -hmm. maybe couldn't handle mm -hmm. it, they've got to get offended, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. But it's building authentic relationships with each other. The, the people you'll have the conversations with. Mm -hmm. And you go, you know, we have to have an honest conversation here. This is an ongoing weakness that you have in your life. Or this is an ongoing mm -hmm. blind spot. Or this is an ongoing battle. We have to work towards dealing with it. If, we don't Rath, have... if you don't have the conversation, because mm -hmm. then what you're doing is you're just listening to their decoy. You ever listen to somebody's decoy all the time? You just go... You just end up listening to their decoy and you go, oh, I'd love to just have a conversation about what you're not dealing with there. Mm -hmm. And you end up not having it. And you ought to have the conversations. And if you're in a church where that's kind of in the essence and in the heartbeat of what you are through how we teach and through communion, then it's less likely not to harm. Yeah. You know? And then you have that trumpet call. You want, you never want to be in a church where you somebody goes like, no. Oh, and that winds up happening is, see if you're in a church that's teaching truth and people are there for the right reason, we're all sitting under the word. See by time somebody decides, or an elder, or a leader, or somebody, or a brother and sister in Christ, decides to bring some to the table. Oh, and there might be some that's going on a name, mm -hmm. but they bring some to the table. You really shouldn't be at the stages, no. You should blat, no, I know. It's no revelation to you, because you already know you're in that struggling battle. Yeah, yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? It it's does. a deep subject, that, but... We, we all know, we all know. By the time somebody brings a trumpet call to my life, I'm mm -hmm. well aware that that needed to be, I needed a trumpet call in my it life. It doesn't matter how great we think we are at wrestling, which we're not, we're still going to need that. that That's input. part of the wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then I maybe need to go away and wrestle with what they said. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're literally on, on the button, ran out of time, but just, just as we close, thinking about the year ahead, there have been things that in our reformations we've, 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 hit, we've had a quickening in our spirit, like we, we need to know more about communion, we need to know about baptism, we need to know about membership, about the role of women, the things that have been instituted, as you look, obviously we don't know where God's going to lead us exactly, but as you maybe look at the year ahead, is there anything you think that this year we might hit that's needed or or that's important for people as we as we continue. It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I don't know the answer. To. <laughs> I don't know what will happen. I think there's still areas that we need to 
get better at is uh, no, I think there are areas that we need to get more clarity in, more understanding, more mature in, whether it becomes the understanding communion. That whole part that I just said there about how we bring truth to people's yeah. life and bring that to people's life would, would, would help. I think the, the worship thing, I think there's still areas we need to develop in that mm -hmm. and have a better understanding of worship and I think we'll hit that when we really need to drill into that a bit. But we don't want any box tick, so mm -hmm. I think I think there's still those. I love, I love the way you, you put it when we were speaking, there's, there'll be a quickening in our I, spirit. I think there's a quickening in that unction that, 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 that brings us to go, you know what, that area of my life is no... If, if I ask myself, see, like the prayer meeting, the, I, I knew my prayer life wasn't good enough. Yeah. And I knew I needed serious attention. And, and I knew it was a massive thing that we needed in the church. And it still needs serious attention. I would say my worship life needs attention. How I worship, how I perceive worship, how I see worship. But we can't just force it and bring it in when we're, we have to bring it in at the right time. Yeah. That helps us in developing. I think just continuing to grow. Um, in relationships with each other, authentic relationships, honest conversations, wrestling, having these thoughts, and there's no new year resolution in it, you know, because it'll be beat. Do you know what I mean? Slimming world is jam packed, isn't it? It really is. Packed. Whoa, you want to join? You want to start making a bit of money? Start a slimming club in January. I'll be bang out the door. Mm -hmm. well, wait till March. Wait till March. You know what I mean? It'll be gone, and then it'll be mobbed again in June for the bikini mm -hmm. body. You know what I mean? So that's what ends up happening. That's how it goes, isn't it? No, I better get back. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, so, so the I'm disappointed with the news. I can't get away with having a to fake tan now because it's January. I can't <laughs> see I've got that few outside. This is great in June. It's great in June. I was like, oh, look at the colour of you. I know I've been out in the roof. Tans. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Amen. So there's no New Year's resolution. It's I don't have doing, I'll break every single thing. one. I just think, just continuing to serve, love God, get honest, wrestle, yeah. capture thoughts, get better at evangelising, loving people, serving mm. people. I think there's still areas for new people how we need to develop that and how we can help that. that, that, that I think there are areas there that we've no, we're not quite there yet with that, mm. biblically. Um, when new people are coming or how, when we do events, how we can process the events. I'm, I'm not sure yet that we've got that right yet. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think there's areas, but it, it's all in the word anyway, and we'll hit it when we need to hit it. Amen. That's what happened. We'll hit it when we need to hit it and it'll get better. Praise God. Uh, uh, and that's it. And then I think the greatest thing that we'd love to see is some of the younger people coming to faith would be... Mm -hmm. A wonderful, wonderful thing is as they get older and you just see them, you know. Holly became a teenager a few, couple of days ago. I cannot believe that. <laughs> she became a teenager a couple of days ago. So you see them then growing and then you see like the older ones, like Luke and, and, and Alicia, they're starting to lead that. Mm -hmm. Well, Andrew said to us the other day, listen, they're, they're no youth and they know it. They're, they're no there to help. They're there to help and be an example to these young people. And then the younger people are starting to grow and how we deal with kids and you know, parents. Mm -hmm. It's a nightmare, isn't it? Parents hard, eh? Parents hard. It's parents hard because it's... There's something we've got kind of in the uh, early are, works uh, for just that. Take, just still helping pair. Yeah. This is what I think. This is. Can I just say this and then we'll wrap up here because the wains will be going half like a in there. Right, so... <laughs> This is what I, I, can I just say to you, mothers and fathers, predominantly mothers, don't, 
Don't worry if your child is acting like the devil in this church. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. You'll be in a healthy church if there's a mother outside and the child's climbing the walls one day. Right? You're like, oh, I can't come in. What's up? My child's refusing point blank to come into the service. Mm -hmm. They hate God. Right? That'll happen at any given point. Do you know what you want? You want to be in a church where, where a parent can be alright with that and you go, you know what? I'm just wrestling with that with God. That's up to the relationship with God. I know there has to be respect and honour and behaviour but you have to just understand that that's going to happen mm -hmm. with kids and I think putting too much pressure because you end up getting behaviour parents get behaviour modification and the kids is all behaviour modified you know I don't expect a child I don't expect a child to act like a saint we, we struggle to do that and we're believers do you know what I mean so what do you expect and just to allow parents to be okay with that yeah do you know what I mean? To, to know because see the pressure on that, the shame that comes on that, they, they start overthinking their parenting, they start overthinking, oh, what am I doing? Or, well, if I was a parent and, and, and you're thinking, right, I've got, I've got four kids in there, oh my God, no, I'd be like, they'll be alright today. Right, because you know, you know your kids, right, they'll be alright today, but they had a full-blown episode before we left and I've no solved it and they're in there now. Right, do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. and, and you just go, and the parent has to deal with that. And I just want to say, he's just, that's okay. That's okay. There's no expectation here on that. No, no. You, want to be, you want to be okay with that. You want, to be, you want to be okay with that. And we want to be okay with that. And help that and allow parents just to sit in that and understand that and knowing that, you know what, tomorrow will be a better day. It'll be someday, I'll be another child that'll be going mm -hmm. after one. And you just. And, and, and that's why it's very, very important, and I really need to wrap up here, this is why it's very, very important for you parents to stop acting like Mary Poppins and Parent of the Year. You don't help other mothers. Right? No. How do you know? Because you come in you go, oh God, their wings seem to be always alright. Minds are mental. Yeah, you know what I mean? You know, and, and, and it doesn't help. It does not help. Because it's always a... You are always in a struggle, one way and I'll be that. And mm -hmm. Ailey said to me just a forecast, which I think it was good because Ailey tends not to communicate as much. Ailey says to me before, I just thought it was dead godly. <laughs> it was, it was the most godly thing I'd heard her say for months. And she was like, and I think one of the, I think it was Jura and Bain. Jura and Bain, she went like, see her, she's doing my nut in the now. And I thought, well, that's sanctification right there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because it's no pretending. Mm -hmm. And I think it just helps parents because we know the battle of that. The truth is we all want the children to be saved and we all want them to come to know Christ. And so do you. Yeah, and so do you. And that's the main important thing. And by God's grace and God's willingness, they will. In God's time. And in the meantime, we'll all manage it in between. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast here at Hope United Church. If you'd like to get in touch or for any more information, please visit www.hopeunited.org.uk.